0: The Keep Birth Wild podcast acknowledges the Wurundjeri people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land, sky and waters on which this project is produced, and we pay respect to elders past and present. We extend this respect to all First Nations people on whose country we live, birth and raise children. We acknowledge the ongoing leadership, resilience and commitment of First Nations people who continue to fight for their right to safe and culturally appropriate experiences of pregnancy, birth and postpartum. And we commit to continuing to explore our own role in that journey. Lastly, we honour and celebrate the ancient birthing knowledge and practices that have existed on this country for thousands of years. May this wisdom continue to nurture life for many generations to come. Welcome to the Keep Birth Wild podcast. My name is Indy, and through this series I'll be speaking to parents who chose to birth their babies at home. Join me and my guests as we hear honest and heartfelt stories of pregnancy, birth and postpartum. In today's episode, Sarah shares the story of her second birth with her son, Freddie. Sarah was actually the very first guest that I interviewed on the podcast all the way back in March 2020, so it was such a pleasure to get to speak to her and hear about her second birth and to follow along with what she's been up to for the last couple of years. So yeah, if you haven't listened to episode one yet, you can head back and listen to that one first if you would like to, or you can dive straight into um, her second birth story. After sharing Freddie's fast and furious birth story, Sarah goes on to talk about postpartum tandem breastfeeding and what she envisions for her next birth. I hope you enjoy today's story.
1: Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast again. You're my first return guest, so it's such a pleasure to have you. How are you? I'm very well and excited to share my second birth story. Ooh, amazing. And um, Sarah, it was actually episode one of the podcast way back in March 2020, so if you haven't listened to that episode yet and you'd like to listen to the births in order, you could just pause and jump back to that one, um, episode one, first. Um Yeah, so you had a home birth for your first birth as well through a publicly funded home birth midwife, is that right? No, it
2: wasn't publicly funded, but yes, it was a home birth. I'd started out in the publicly funded system and then changed at 30 weeks after a GD diagnosis that booted me out of the hospital system.
1: Yeah, that's right, and ended up with a private midwife. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. And we're going to be hearing your second birth story today. So would you like to pick up maybe where you left off after your first birth and kind of um, moving away from that, adjusting to parenting and making the decision to have another baby?
2: Sure. So my first,
1: unbeknownst to us
2: initially, um, has food intolerances. So even through my breast milk, she was reacting and I thought she was just being a normal baby, but She was very um, upset a lot of the time. She'd wake up screaming very frequently. Um, We didn't get stretches of sleep longer than an hour and a half or two hours till she was well over a year and a half old, Um, which meant I was not game to take on having another kid for a while. (laughs) Um, We figured out her food intolerance. She's intolerant to cow's milk protein and soy. Um, around a year old. Um, So I cut all of that. I cut it for my diet. I cut it for her diet and she got better. But, of course, we had to heal her gut quite a bit from that. So, um, yeah, she's three and a half now. She was just turned three the week that little Freddie was born. Um, And she's still – I'm still feeding her once a night and I'm still probably settling her once a night unless she's had a food exposure – Um, And then I'm up to her, I don't know how many times a night. It mostly affects her sleep now rather than her skin. She used to get awful eczema and whatnot. But, yeah. So, anyway, that kind of, like, I'd always thought I wanted kids close together, but that experience and the uh, high needs of having a kid that was obviously in a lot of pain from her gut and her skin and all the rest just kind of put me off. So I initially said I wanted to feed for at least a year. Um, and then I think about getting pregnant. We got to a year old and I said to hubby, oh, mate, let's just like, he was not in a real rush either, but I said, let's, let's give it to at least she's two and then we can, we can talk.
1: Yeah.
2: So um, the whole COVID situation started happening and I was like, we'd started sort of thinking about having another kid. And then I was like, mm, I don't know, the world's too uncertain currently. We'll just, we'll just wait Um but I, I'd had I got an implant on, so I'd had an implant on for maybe three months, but it was affecting me too much. It was making me feel gross and hungry and hormonal and angry and sad and all of the things. So I was like, you know what, I don't want hormonal birth control. So, Hubby <laughs> I and mean, I had another conversation. I said, look, I don't want to do hormonal birth control. We can do some FAM or, like, you know, it's, it's going to be your responsibility now to prevent if you're not ready for another kid yet. So he turned around and he goes, well, I guess we're having another kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, but, yeah, so that was kind of like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> so um, I, I got my implant on out um, and I used FAM for three or four months while I got my blood tests done and made sure that my body was ready to go. Like I did probably maybe three months of um, preconception, just really good health um, preparation, I guess. Mm. Um, Because first trimester, the first time around was pretty rough and it was pretty rough the second time around too. Um, So I wanted to make sure that I'd been eating really well and my body was in a good position to be pregnant. Um, so yeah, same as the first time around. We're really kind of lucky the moment we stopped um trying to not get pregnant, we got pregnant. <laughs> um and yeah, I um it's funny because I'd still had a bit of a wonky cycle from like since it returned, it returned it. Uh I was eighteen months old. Um So I was having fairly irregular cycles, but I I was like, oh, it's been about 35 days. Maybe I should just check. So I did a test, and I'd also been having, like, vivid dreams, which is a pregnancy or when I'm bleeding thing. It doesn't tend to happen any other time. So I was like, hmm, I wonder. That was my first kind of suspicion that I was pregnant. And I took the test, didn't even think anything of it, put it on the bathroom counter, jumped into the shower with my toddler, And after I got out, I was like, oh, I'll just have a look at it. And well and behold, a very faint second line. And I was like, oh, really? (laughs) I didn't actually believe it. I didn't believe it. I was like, what, really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I ended up getting a second test the next day, like going out and buying one. Oh, I am actually pregnant. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Even though, you know, I'd done this prep,
2: I was still kind of surprised by it. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I don't. I can't imagine the type of restraint or just like, yeah, lack of interest or belief well, that no, it. Well, no, I
2: mean, I'd not had any. No, not have no, had any no. problem getting pre- pregnant the first time around, and like we were, we hadn't even really properly started to try. So I was just kind of blasé, I guess. <laughs> um. So yeah, I um, I had thought not to have um a dating scan. Um, however, I stupidly joined a bunch of Facebook groups for, um, like due dates and I joined a mainstream one and there was all these people Mm. popping up with miscarriages and whatnot else. So I got, I got quite anxious and I did end up having a dating scan at like 10 weeks, um, which confirmed my dates that I knew because I'd been tracking, you know, um, when I knew that I'd gotten pregnant. Um, so at, at that point um, I was, I'd been referred by the GP cause I'd had blood tests done um, to my local hospital. Um, but I didn't really have an, any intention to birth with them or to have care with them. So I got to about 20 weeks and because it was in the height of COVID, um, by 20 weeks, I'd not even seen anybody in person. It was all just telehealth appointments and I didn't feel like I was benefiting anything from it. So I went back to my, well, I'd always been with my previous midwife who was now unregistered. Um, so, yeah, first trimester was rough. I was very nauseous. Um, it was in the height of the first really big, hard lockdown in Melbourne, um, masks outside all of the things so I'd try and go for a walk and I was feeling disgusting and also managing a toddler who didn't really want to be going out for a walk who couldn't go to the playground um, and yeah it was just yuck. <laughs>
1: mm. And um, having that um, gestational diabetes diagnosis the first time around were you doing anything were you kind of um, monitoring your blood sugar levels at all yourself or were you doing anything to kind of um the chances of having that again
2: so later in the pregnancy I did some finger prick testing I never did the GTT um I I ate more moderately than I did in my first pregnancy like I was a lot more aware of what I'd learned the first time around um so look my first Pregnancy, I was diagnosed because I failed the test by 0.2 and then I never had any problem controlling my blood sugars when I was testing. So I don't even know if I actually had proper gestational diabetes. Um, so, yes, yes, I ate more sensibly the second time around, um, but I never went and got all of the testing because I didn't feel like it would change my outcomes or my um, birth plans at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and from that kind of um, 20-week time when you withdrew from the hospital and, and fully changed over to your midwife, um, what did the rest of your care look like and how was the rest of your pregnancy?
2: Oh, so I, I will say this. I did actually my my midwife was probably the second person I told after hubby or the first person I told after hubby. So I had her on board right from, right from the get-go and started seeing her from 12 weeks. So I was kind of doubling up on care in that first little period. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I just decided I didn't want to go through the system again. Um, so after that, it was after the initial probably three or four phone calls from the hospital saying, are you sure this is what you want to do, blah, 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 blah. like really <laughs> trying to drag me back or refer me on to another midwife or or say you can do this, you can do that. Um, once I was finally free from them, <laughs> It was very um, easeful and low stress, and it was great, really. Like, I didn't have the stress of having to worry about anybody else. Um, I did end up having a 12-week scan and a 20-week scan. I'm not sure if I'll do that for future pregnancies. I've undecided yet. But um, that, the same same thing COVID, because of COVID restrictions, it was only myself that was able to go um, which was really unfortunate, I think, because I know the hubby and I think my daughter would have really enjoyed it too. Mm. Um, yeah, but it was it was fairly smooth sailing. I mean, I still had the um, bit of SPD, you know, back pain, heartburn and later pregnancy, all fairly normal for for the power of the course for me. Um, I managed. I probably saw my chiropractor as much as I saw my midwife. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a little bit of osteo as well to just help manage my
1: hips. Mm. Um, And you had quite an active lifestyle. Were you able to keep up with your... Yeah.
2: So I'm a personal trainer and I do very much value being active. Um, I was... I've got a home studio, so I was training um, probably twice a week after I got past the first trimester, yucks, because I didn't train while I was feeling so disgusting, Um, till about... 25 weeks, and after that I just mainly did walking. Like before that I was strength strength training, um, mm-hmm. and after that I kind of switched to walking and stretching, and just you know, total mum life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, but mm-hmm. I did I did very much value the body work from my chiropractor and osteo. It helped me move a lot more comfortably. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And moving into those final stages, and um, final weeks of your pregnancy, how were you feeling and um, when did you feel things start to shift into labour? So I um,
2: had a lot of heartburn yeah. and I got to for – it was 40 weeks on the dot and I woke up in the middle of the night like vomiting. And looking back now, I'm sure it was just too much acid from heartburn. Um, but I was like, oh, what's this? This is strange. And I, I vomited a couple of times, like once in the middle of the night, and then again um, early morning. And then I was crampy for the like I got up in the morning and I was super crampy, and I was like, surely, really, is this 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 is this is happening? Um, and I so I stayed on my feet and did a bit of housework and stuff, but when I lay down, it all like all the cramping stopped, and it was more of a constant cramp rather than a come and go. Um, So I got up again in the afternoon and did a bit more stuff and I was crampy again. And I went to bed that night expecting to wake up in labor, but it was not. (laughs) So that was 40 weeks on the dot. So I had another full week before anything really happened. Um, So 41 weeks rolled around. And my daughter was born at 42 and 1, so I was like, oh, I really hope we're not going to go all the way to 42 or past it Um, because I was pretty uncomfortable at that point. Mm. Um, 41 rolled around and I was like, we'd been staying really close to home because hubby was a bit anxious about me going out and being somewhere and then starting to go into labour. He was working from home the whole time. Um, So I decided to walk to the park at the end of our street with my daughter because I was like, we've been staying home all this time. Like we're not going to be able to go out with a tiny baby for a first little bit. Like I want to be doing as much resting as I can. And as we we're walking up to the park, I felt a water leak, and I was like, "Oh, oh, I think that was just my waters, but it were, like it was a small amount. So I was like, "All right, we'll just we'll just keep going. And as I'm pushing her on the swing, there's a bit more of a leak, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, I'm glad I have uh, black pants on. <laughs> So I, I messaged my, um, my midwife, and she was like, oh, can you tell me, like, what's it look like, what's it smell like? And I was like, well, I'm currently still at the park. I can't <laughs> – oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm currently still at the park. I can't really do that, but I'll tell you when I get home. So we stayed for a while, and then I come home, and, and it, we decided that it probably was amniotic fluid. It was all clear and everything looked good, so I was like, "Oh well, we'll just, we'll just, you know, go about our day," because I didn't have any contractions or anything. Um, so that was probably like 9, 10, 8, 10 a.m. I'd say. So um, we had later, a bit later on, we had some lunch, and then I decided my my toddler had basically stopped napping the as soon as I got pregnant. Damn it. <laughs> Um, so I was like she was kind of tired so I was like I'll just lie down and give her a feed and see if I can get her to nap and also see if I can get some contractions going with the feed Um, but she was far too wriggly and just it wasn't happening so I gave up on that idea I did have a few very light contractions then and they were the first that I'd kind of felt so that was like a bit after lunch and then a a friend messaged sort of like maybe one o'clock she's like oh is this baby here yet? And I was like, actually no, but do you want to come for a play date? Because her son is similar age to mine, my my girl. I was like, I need some distraction. Come and come and have a play date. So um, they rocked up and we went to another playground nearby. And on our walk to that playground, I started having contractions and I was like, awesome, it's happening. I was so excited. Um so we're at the playground. Her son got, like, really wet and decided to strip his pants off. So he's running around the playground with nothing on from the waist down. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'll just go back to the car at your place and grab him some spare pants. But I decided I was going to walk back because I was walking, walking in early labor with Aria help. So I was like, all right, I'll just power walk back. And come back with the pants. So that helped kind of bump the contractions up a little bit, and I was starting to sort of feel them a little bit more. Um, so we were there for the playground for, I don't know, maybe an hour, um, and decided to come home. We we're walking home, and all the kids were coming out of school, so it must have been about three o'clock. Um, I had my chiropractor booked in to come to the house at four. For an adjustment, because I'd been having her come for the last like maybe three weeks, once a week to adjust me at the house. So my friend decided that we would, she would stay until the chiropractor had come, so that she could um, watch Aria. Um, and by the time the chiropractor got there, I was kind of not able to have a conversation through my contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of yeah. up, leaning over the bench. And the chiropractor adjusted me on the bed and I just like had to keep like huffing and puffing through my contractions while she adjusted me. And while I'm lying there, I was like forming a plan in my head. I was like, okay, I need to send my daughter with my friend to go and get some dinner because I'm not going to be in a space to be able to make her any dinner and feed her dinner. Like I'm just, I can't. I I need to make space for this labor to happen because it was progressing pretty quick at this stage. And at 4 o'clock, as as the chiropractor came in the door, I'd said to hubby, look, how long have you got for work left? Like, we need to – I'm going to need you pretty soon. Um, Because he was – it was just before the long Easter long weekend. He was just wrapping up work on the Friday. It was the Friday before Easter. Yeah. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I decided I could. I dragged my car seat out of my car, like, contracting really hard <laughs> and passed it to my friend, and I'm like, you're going to have to put it in your car. I can't help you with this. Sorry. <laughs> um, so that was, like, maybe four. Yeah, just a bit after four. Hubby finished work at five, and that's around the time that my friend left with the kids. Um. And basically I said to hubby, all right, put the – because we had a mat down to go underneath the pool. I was like, put the mat down, start filling the pool. I'm going to need it really soon. Um, And my photographer walked in the room – I mean, walked in the house around the same time. Um, So that was kind of five-ish. And by then I was on my knees, like, upper body draped over the couch, eyes closed, like – Breathing and starting to make some noise through my contractions, um, and of course between contractions, like chatting away to the photographer, because <laughs> she was a good friend and also someone who um, I had had quite a bit to do with through my um, my midwives' mothers' groups. And her daughter was a little bit younger than my daughter, so like we were we were mates. Um, so Jared's filling the pool. I'm just like kneeled against the bed huffing and puffing and moaning um and then I was like because I'd had a TENS machine for my daughter's birth and I I didn't have one this time so I was like oh I've heard that a comb is good can you get I sent him off to get a comb so I grabbed hold of that and was hanging on to that for dear life like in my palm um it was a good little bit of a distraction and then so he's just like Busy getting the pool ready, not really in the room. He's just on his mission getting his job done, and I'm doing my job. <laughs> and then a bit later on, I was like, I said to the photographer, because she was in the room with me, um, I was like, oh, can you grab Jared Like, I think I need to go to the bathroom. So I needed his help to get the few steps from the near the bed to the ensuite. Um, and I sat down, and immediately I was like, nope, 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 nope that hurts too much. <laughs> so I stood up and I'm hovering over the toilet. And I was like, crap, that's that's the baby right there. <laughs> so I'm like doubled over the step stool in the bathroom that my daughter had had at the bench to stand on to brush her teeth and stuff. Totally unglamorous, daggy old step. Um, and my body starts to push. And I'm like, oh, crap, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> So there was like maybe a few contractions there, and then there was this almighty pop and splash of my water's breaking properly all over the floor. And I've got a great picture of that, mm-hmm. like the big pool of water underneath me. Um, and then that was at the point kind of the doorbell rang and the midwife walked in. And Jared goes, Quick, quick, she's pushing. And she's like, No, really, she's not. No. And he's like, no, I'm serious, hurry up. <laughs> so she comes sauntering in the door and then she's like, crap, and runs. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it on our like um, our security camera, it's hilarious, um, looking back at it. And then um, so they kind of had a conversation of it's now or never to get her in the pool. So Jared basically had to carry me. Not quite, but I was, I've, I, I was like clinging onto his arm, and he had to lift me over the edge of the pool to get in because there was no way at that point that I was able to do it by myself because he was crowning. Um, <laughs> and 10 minutes later, he was born. It was so fast. So from, you know, 5 o'clock or so with, with everything really kicking up a stage into proper active labor, he was born at 4 minutes past 6 or something
1: wow it was
2: it was so intense, all I could do was breathe and let it happen, like kind of just I felt like I was stepping aside and just having to let it all happen.
1: Mm.
2: it was yeah, it was crazy intense, and who caught him in the water? um I had said I wanted to catch him. Um, so here I am like pushing him out and Jared's going, "Do you want to catch him? Like, do you want do you want to catch? Do you want to catch?" And I couldn't even like say anything. I'm like, "You know that I want to catch. Just leave it be." <laughs> um but he took he took a little bit to come out and then I kind of I cuz I'd been leaning head head and arms on the edge of the pool like kneeling, um I turned over and scooped him up. Um and it took him, like he he was gurgling, but it took him quite a while to actually breathe and cry. So I was there talking to him and blowing on his face and my my midwife felt his cord and he had good, good blood flow. Um, So she gave him a little bit of time and then when he still didn't take a proper breath and start to cry, she grabbed a towel and started rubbing his back. And that still didn't quite get him going, so she ended up giving him a couple of breaths and then he was good to go. Mm. So um, it was very, very calm um, and there was no panic in the room at all, which I'm really grateful for because I know that if I had been anywhere else um, and with anybody else potentially, I know that there would have potentially been a lot of kind of High emotions and stress and drama and upset over something like that. Um, so I'm very very glad that we were where we were with who we were with. Um, but yeah, he after a couple of breaths, he did his cry and started to get a bit better color. Um, and yeah, he was well and truly hello mama. And I discovered that he was a boy
1: so beautiful did you have a name chosen already or um? uh, we
2: we didn't because see i i had done the blood test the harmony test that tells you what you're having but i didn't want to know and hubby did so i'd, I'd had the doctor send the test results to him rather than me um so we had it like a list of names for both boy and girl but it took us a while to figure out what we were going to call them so he is Freddie.
1: Freddie,
2: beautiful um So,
1: yeah. your husband knew the whole time. Yeah. (laughs) And you couldn't tell when you were talking about, like,
2: you know, he's the kind of guy that would say one thing and then turn around the next breath and say the other thing just to mess with me. That's a sense of (laughs) humour. So I I could never tell if he was being serious or not. Um. So, yeah, I honestly didn't know. Like, I I initially thought – Girl, and then and by the end of the pregnancy, I wondered if it was a boy, but I couldn't have told you with any kind of certainty what I thought I was having.
1: Oh, you know, it's so <laughs> lovely that you both got to have have it the way that you wanted.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I told him next time he's not allowed to know either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, like the first few hours after birth, did he um. Uh, latch on and have a feed, and have a to
2: pregnancy. Yeah, so we we stayed in the pool for a while, and hubby called my friend and was like, "You can you can come back now, like, because I I had hoped to have my daughter there for the birth, and we'd done lots of birth prep and watching videos and whatnot else. To the point where one day while I was pregnant, I was sitting on the couch doing some like deep breathing meditation stuff, and she said, "Mummy, mummy, baby." <laughs> <laughs> um. So my friend was like, "Really? Wow! Already?" You have a baby um so she she came back um just after the placenta had come out and I was still in the pool um so oh one other thing I'll mention is I, first time around I never felt any contractions to have the placenta born born, but this time around they were really intense like took my breath away and I'm grimacing with the contractions before the placenta came out um so yeah, I ended up giving myself a little bit of cord traction because I just wanted the contractions to be done with so that I could get the placenta to come out, which um, I tried once and it wasn't quite ready. And then I tried again and it did come. Um, but I think the beauty of that, being able to do it myself, is I had that like biofeedback of how it felt rather than somebody else, you know, tugging on the cord mm. Yeah. that sometimes happens in other situations. Um, So my daughter came back. The placenta's floating in a bowl in the pool. I'm sitting there with him in my arms, and she was so much more interested in splashing in the water and chasing the placenta in the bowl around the, <laughs> the pool. Ah, <laughs> oh, three-year-olds. It was really funny. She wa- she just wanted to get her bathers on and get in the pool with me. No.
1: Um.
2: So yeah, we got out. We got out of the pool. I lay on the bed, I attempted to give him his first feed, he was a bit uninterested still and he was he was still a little bit gurgly, like I feel like he still had a little bit of fluid. Um, so I gave her a feed because I'd, I'd kept feeding her all the way through pregnancy. Um, so I gave her a feed and I've got a picture of her feeding and him all snuggled up beside me, one either side, it was really special. Um, and then what did we do? We took, oh, he did eventually have a feed. And then after that, we cut the, um, cut the cord. Um, and way to measure him.
1: Amazing.
2: And he was 10 pounds. Oh, wow. And I was like, how on earth did you come out so quick? You're a giant. Oh my gosh! Did you have any injuries at all? No, surprisingly, not even not even the like grazing that I had with his sister, who was oh she was 300 grams smaller, so not hugely smaller, but a bit smaller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, not even any grazing, which I couldn't really believe considering how fast he came. Um, I did get onto the um. After pain's tincture from blissful herbs, and I was taking lots of arnica in those first first few days post birth, which I think helped with my recovery um oh although I did have a um I, th- I think it was a stage two bladder prolapse, but I don't know that that was from the birth, I suspect it was from post birth because um So my daughter, by the time that everything was cleaned up and everybody was fed and all the rest, it was like two or three hours past her usual bedtime and she was absolutely beside herself. So I got up, handed the baby to hubby, got up and was like standing, holding her and she's not light. She'd be like 20 kilo, trying to calm her down and I think that weight of holding a heavy toddler, like, couple of hours after birth was not a good idea on my pelvic floor uh, yeah. Um, so yeah I, I've since seen a physio and done some work and it's it's getting better um, but yeah in, in hindsight that was a silly thing to do <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I just just wanted to, you know, see if I could help her calm down because she was just – you know how kids get when they're completely overtired and overwhelmed and they're just Mm. beside themselves and you can't do anything for them? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hubby ended up putting her in her car seat and taking her for a drive and by the time he got not even five minutes up the road she was out. Like (laughs) she was just
1: done for. (laughs) Poor thing. And how has it been adjusting to um, having two, especially breastfeeding two?
2: Yeah, it's it's been much better than I anticipated. I went into it with pretty low expectations, um. So I the it was really tricky managing feeding initially, um, because she of course she was like, oh, the milk's back. I want it all again. Like I'd night wind her in pregnancy, and I. I had moved her to her own bed, so she'd start the night in her bed and then um, come to mine when she was ready. But the first week, she mainly slept through the night, which was like the first time she'd ever done that, which was incredible. I needed that. (laughs) Um, And then after that, I get up once or twice a night to her. But... I – and I did – she got a cold when he was like a month old, so I started feeding her at night again, which I'm slowly down to one again. Um, but overall, she's she's pretty good because she's three. She's very independent. She likes active play. Um, I baby wear a lot. Um, so a lot of stuff she can do for herself. And I was very aware while I was pregnant of not being available – this sounds bad, but not being available immediately to every need that she wants or every need that she has so that she then didn't have that expectation that mummy could be able to do everything right away for her.
1: Hmm. That's quite lovely to set that boundary before the baby comes so that it's like she experiences that as a boundary that you're setting, not as you choosing the baby over her. If you know
2: what yeah, I mean. yeah, before
1: and I person also person. also am aware
2: of, talking to him like you know I need to help Aria with this right now like I, I'm, I'm very aware of tr- trying not to blame anything on the baby if I can't do something for her either
1: mm-hmm.
2: like it's never it's never his fault <laughs> um so initially I was feeding her morning lunchtime, and evening but then hubby because I'd always fed her to sleep at night hubby took over bedtimes which has been incredible Um, So I take the baby to bed early now and get the reverse sleep in. So I go to bed quite early with him and he does bedtime with her. So that's how I manage my sleep deprivation. Um, But he also is a lot better sleeper than she ever was. So I couldn't tell you. He probably wakes up maybe four four or so times a night to feed, but we co-sleep and it's managed easily. Um, Where, you know, at this age, what he's six months now. At this age, she was waking every 40 minutes. Like there's no way. I I just didn't know how I was going to be able to do it again. But it's, you know, different baby, different temperament, different situation, Um, and it's not nearly as bad.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And, um, yeah, how are you feeling moving away from the birth? You mentioned earlier that you might have a free birth next time. Yeah. How do you want to speak a little bit about how you're feeling moving away from that birth and what you anticipate for future births?
2: Yeah, look, I – the births that I've had have left me feeling very confident in my in my own ability to do what I need to do to grow a baby and birth a baby. Um, hubby is very much an advocate for home birth and free birth now too. Um, and honestly, my experience of stepping away from the hospital and not having that managed pregnancy Um was really freeing um and i like because i haven't had a hospital birth i can't really speak to that but i just feel like i wouldn't really want to go anywhere near them for birth because birth is so intense in and of itself without having all of that extra dynamics involved Mm. so um yeah, like we're talk, we're talking about a third. The week after he was born, hubby's like, "So when are we having the third? We were totally in that love bubble. Um, but uh, we're kind of back and forthing, and I said, "Well, look, honestly, remember we do have to parent them too." <laughs> so we've we've decided we'll wait till we'll wait till he's one, and then we'll have the conversation properly again, because I want to feed him till at least one. Like I'm I'm very big on making sure that he gets that breast milk and immunity and all the rest. Um, so, yeah, because, I mean, I'm still feeding. My daughter's down to one one feed during the day and one feed during the night. Like I'm still feeding her at three and a half. Um, so I want to give him a good go at that too. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's such a pleasure to speak to you and catch up with where you're at and Freddie's birth. So, yeah, thank you.
2: Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to today's story with Sarah. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at SimplifyFit um, to see more about her business. And there's lots and lots of beautiful photos on Instagram and on my website as well, which is keepbirthwild.com.au. And I look forward to bringing you another episode next week.